How do you pay, man? Huh? If you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Straight cash, homie. Well, all right. Yeah. ten grand to me. Yeah. You know, ever since I turned pro in 1989, when I signed the dotted line, it was strange. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. That's right, episode number 11 right here on the Straight Cash Homie iTunes and SoundCloud pages. My name is Neil Rule, sports broadcaster here in the Detroit area. As always, I don't want to call my wingman because he's typically the brains of the operation. He is Cam Evans of the Evans Law Group, founder and president. Cam, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing fantastic and, uh, you know, coming off a little R&R after the uh, holiday weekend and Hoping the listeners out there are going to get some L&L today. Listen and learn. Listen and learn. And, and absolutely, and, and as you know, if you're listening to this show or you have in the past, you know exactly what the formula is here. We're not talking about X's and O's. We're not talking about what goes on in the field. We're talking about what's going on in the bank accounts because that's what that's what people uh, like to talk about. And, of course, the big news around the world in terms of finances. Now the MLB draft is coming up. June 4th through the 6th. That will take place in Secaucus, New Jersey. And for the first time ever here on the Straight Cash Homie Podcast, we have a guest in studio. A lot of people in this area might know him. He is Derek Ross. You can follow him on Twitter, at DerekRoss31, the chief advisor and agent for Pivotal Sports Management. Derek, A, it's unbelievable you're here today because this is this is the meat and potatoes of your dinner, right? I mean, this is this is your, your mealtime here with the MLB draft coming up. How are you? Oh, great. Thanks for having me. I mean... Yeah, it has been busy. I had two phone calls uh, leading up to jumping on this podcast. So, yeah, it's been busy. It's been great. It's the funnest time of the year for sure, especially for the kids. Yeah, absolutely. But, again, it is a straight cash homie podcast. And, and guys, we're just going to get right into it now because it's interesting to me, and, and I really love the fact that we get a chance to do this because me being just a regular old sports fan, I, the, the talk about the MLB draft in Major League Baseball, the, the draft is different. And I understand why, uh, from a X's and O's perspective, I guess, if you will, this draft that's going to go on in New Jersey coming up in just a few days, these guys aren't going to be on the roster right. the next season when it starts, as opposed to the NFL, where you're selling hope in the National Football League draft. And you're selling instantaneous hope. So, Derek, you're on the front lines of this, so so let's, let's talk about that. I mean, you were giving me some numbers, the average age, the average wait times, those types of things. It, it's a different ball game with this. Yeah, you know, really it's, it's, it is a numbers game. I mean, for, for the college player to, make, to get their major league debut, it's a three- to five-year process if they make it. For a high school player, you're looking at four to seven years of development. Uh, before if I always use that word if a lot because it's a grind it's it's like you said those those numbers are real those years the time the grind the 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 blood sweat all that so they have to be prepared of what they're getting into before they make that decision and when you look at it from this perspective and, and Cam feel free to jump in on this as well because these guys that come into the draft, yes, it, it's not instant. They aren't hitting the ground running. They have to go to the minors. They have to put their time in. They have to, they're almost like a seed, right? They're, they're a seed that's planted on draft day, and they have to grow. And, and they do, and that takes a, a whole process to go through, not only from the player standpoint and their advisor standpoint, but from the team standpoint. Because it's one thing to go out there and try to scout a college football player and say, can he play at the next level? Well, we'll find out next year. Here, 
can this person who is a seedling develop into a full-fledged productive plant for five, six, seven years down the road? And there's a lot that goes into that, and you're trying to look into the crystal ball, and that's a tough process to do it. But this is what the teams have to do year in and year out, and the successful ones reap the benefits. Derek Ross joining us here on the Straight Cash Homie Podcast, a chief advisor and agent for Pivotal Sports Management. Follow him on Twitter at Derek Ross 31 Also follow my good buddy Cam Evans on Twitter at Cameron underscore J underscore Evans of the Evans Law Group as well. But Derek, about that too, and this is something I actually just thought of just now on the spot, so I haven't hit you with this before, but I, I always talk about the advent of soccer and why soccer, and we've heard about soccer, how it's going to—it's coming for 20 years. And, and I believe finally it's here due to the nature of our society now. And I think the Major League Baseball draft, again, with the, with the common fan, I think it suffers from this a little bit in that you, you talked about the numbers, that the college player, three to five years before they're in the majors, four to seven years for a high school player. This is an on-demand society. We want stuff now. We want the clicks now. Do you think maybe that's why the MLB draft hasn't quite taken a hold in the same way that the NFL or the NBA draft has? Yeah, that, that's definitely a good point. I think one of the things, too, that, that you see in, the, in Major League Baseball is you don't see a lot of the guys. You know, you don't know who they are. I mean, you have to really follow the perfect games of the world, the prep baseball reports, all these different social media recruiting services. You're not turning on a Saturday and watching Michigan play Ohio State where you can actually physically see these guys. So, But I think the reason it's starting to catch up a little bit is because a lot of these kids at young ages are going out and, and they're playing some of the top guys or other players in the country at 10, 11, 12 years old, and now they're starting to become that high school age or they're in college. I mean, back, you know, we really look back at it back in the day, like if you were a college freshman, you didn't really play much. Now the expectation for these guys, these high school players that don't get drafted, they're highly recruited. They're expected to make an impact as freshmen right now. So the, the, it has changed and you don't really, you just don't hear about these guys. You just really don't, unless you're, you know, in you gotta the be, you gotta be a geek. Yeah. You gotta be a geek. You gotta be in the business. You gotta be in the know. Cause you know, knowledge is power. So I mean, I think the biggest thing, really, when you're looking at a player, and I think Major League Baseball has done a great job doing it, is getting into the heads of these players. What, what's, their, what's their vision looking like? If their goal is to be a first-round pick, for me, if I'm on the other side, that's a red flag. It's definitely a red flag. I want someone to say, hey, you know what? I see myself playing in the big leagues 10 to 15 years. I've set a, a plan on paper on my head and how I'm going to get there. Um, because once they get there, they're going to get hit with a sledgehammer, and, and it's called baseball. And, the, and if you can't get back up when you get knocked out, it's a tough ride. Because the Hall of Famer fails seven out of ten times. I mean, exactly. The Hall of Famer does. So it's, it is a, a more of a mental game, I think, really, than any other game that's out there going. But this is a Straight Cash Homie podcast. We're talking Major League Baseball draft. Intriguing because it, it's different. It's and, and let's get into that. Let's get into the financial side of it. Because of that, if you're the number one overall pick in the NBA draft, you make X amount of money. If you're the number two overall pick, you make Y amount of money. If you're the number three pick, you make Z amount of money. Same thing for the NFL draft. Major League Baseball draft works differently in that you have, and, and feel free to jump in where, where I'm wrong here, but this is part of the confusion that I have sometimes, you have a draft pool of money that you can spend. Right. You're free to spend that how you see fit. To well, a degree. To a degree. Now, they'll have, MLB will have a recommended slot for mm -hmm. each field. For the first pick, there's, there is a recommended slot. You can't go over 5% of that. If you go over 5%, you lose a first-round pick last year. So since 2012, when they first started doing it, they haven't – no one's done that. No one's right. lost a first-round pick. So, But with that being said, 
there's ways you can move the money around. So if you the, have the first pick, that means you have the most money. So let's just use an even number. Let's say you have $10 million to, to roll with. Um, you can sign – if you sign all your top 10-round players at the recommended slot, then you can, you can use some of that money if you're underneath that to maybe overpay a guy. So, like, let's say, for example, it's in the – let's say the third round is 500 grand. And you sign the player for 200 grand. That means you have $300,000 that you can move to another player, most likely a high school player, to overpay for that slot. Yeah, exactly. And the reason you have to do that with the high school player, and, and boy, you think you've done this before for Fox Sports <laughs> Detroit, that you were, that you were a former uh, MLB analyst for Fox Sports Detroit. You think you've done this before. That's a great segue. But that ties into the whole high school versus college angle, college senior angle versus high school players. You have to do that. It, it's, right. it's a craft in and of itself, right? Because a ha the high school player that comes out, they have college as a tool right. that, that they can use. They can say, well, no, I'm not going to take that amount of money. I will just go to college. They can reenter the draft later on, right. try to get their money right at that point. So if you're an organization, you have to entice said high school player, and you do that with more money. Sure, yeah. The high school player definitely has more leverage walking into this thing. But there's always risk to it because if you go to a four-year school, it's a three-year um, or, or until you turn 21. If you, you turn 21 as a sophomore, be an older kid. But there's injuries that can happen. There could be lack of production. And so if they're offered X amount coming out of high school, all of a sudden maybe they're not playing as well. So then you lose, you're losing money. There's probably a lot more guys out there that have lost money in the draft by thinking they're going to get more later. Right, absolutely. Derek Ross joining us here, Chief Advisor and Agent for Pivotal Sports Management. He's been in these discussions. He's been in these war rooms before. It's great that we get an opportunity to pick his brain here on the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Straight Cash Pod. Episode number 11, Cam Evans with us as always. My name is Neil Rule. Happy to have you with us. So, so these slotting systems and these pools of money – Cam, as the general sports fan, and you and I talk in, in terms of being the general sports fan, it's a bit confusing sometimes for, for fans in that respect, right? In And that may be part of the reason why the MLB draft, and, and that's not to say it hasn't made great strides, because it has. Now it's televised, now it's becoming an event, those types of things. Major League Baseball is starting to, to push this in the right direction. Well, yeah, I mean, anything that can generate more revenue for the MLB is in the right direction for the league. But if you think about it, I mean, you got the component of, as you just said, high schoolers. You don't declare for the draft. You're just eligible, all right? You can get drafted. You don't lose your college eligibility. You, If you want, you can go on and not even sign and go to college. Very different than NFL and NBA where, don't, I mean, you're looking at the NBA, what we're doing right now with the draft coming up, all the, un, you know, all the undergrads who's, who's declaring everything else, they go, they can't come back. And so that's a different component is to not only you're going to see them four, six, seven years down the road, it may be seven, eight, nine, ten years down the road if you have a high school senior who says, no, thanks, I'm going to go to college. Um, but the other thing is, as you look at it, the example Derek gave, you know, he had a third rounder, you know, it's slotted at 500000 but maybe you can get him signed at 200000 And that leaves a lot of people scratching your head saying, how in the world their agent or their advisor must be horrible? Right. How can that happen? So, um, I, I mean, I'd love to hear from Derek from the standpoint of the leverage that the teams have at times over different players to be able to say, guess what? We took you in the third round or we took you in the eighth round. And we're going to give you 50000 um, a chump change in in the world and how and how that happens in this process. Yeah, that's that was the biggest change because I, I saw it when I was with the Indians um, in 2012. Uh, the last it was the first of the sliding system, and basically you started seeing a shift where you start looking at like six to ten rounds, right? Where there's a lot of you know college players, good players, you know, and now 
they're signing the good college seniors. Seniors have no leverage, right? So if the slot is, say, 200 grand in the sixth round or whatever it is, um, and you give that guy $5,000, then you can use that $195,000 to pay that high school kid that you really want to get overpay him in the fourth round. And, and that works because if, if you're the college senior, where else do you have to go? You yeah. Have, you have nowhere else to go. Nowhere else to go, yeah. And, yeah. and, and it's, it's capitalism at its finest, right, Cam? It's exactly it. It's yeah. who has the power and the leverage. And, 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 then, and the college seniors do not have any leverage because as everybody around this table knows, they have no place to go. They're not going back to college. Right. And they want to play pro ball. They're a top – you know, they're, they're, in, they're getting drafted in the top 10 rounds. Mm-hmm. But you see it. It happens all the time in the, in the, in the 6 to 10 range. Right. And, you know, that they're going to go and teams are going to be able to pick up that college senior in a round knowing that they're going to save money on them. And that's just it's, – and it's a why it's – an, it's an eye-opening experience for the players to realize – this is a business, mm-hmm. and this is a profession, right. and you love the game, and you play it because you love it and everything else, and it is a game, quote-unquote, but the only reason you're getting drafted and paid is because people make money off of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get some very shrewd people in the front office that know how to make money for their organizations. Right, and, and, and Derek, I, I believe you can concur with that too because you've seen this, this element change, right? You talked about the slotting system that was recently – "Quote unquote," recently introduced in terms of the MLB draft. Give us more of that. What 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 have you noticed during your time that you've been intimately involved with the MLB draft? Give us more of that. How, how have you viewed viewed this as changing? Say in the last ten years, last fifteen years, last twenty years. Well, when I first started in '98 with the Tigers, I mean, it was kind of like the rich got richer. So, like, if you had a big market, you could you could sign like Rick Porcello, perfect example. I can't remember how much he signed for, but he signed for a lot of money, and he was like the 30th pick in the country. He got like more than guys in the top 10, 10 picks in the country. And, and that contributed to him being selected that late right. because they said, we're not, we're not giving you this amount of money, so let's just move on to someone who's more signable. Yeah, they found a dance partner. You know, they found that the Tigers found someone that was willing to do it. They, they, they valued the talent, and, and they were able to do it. Now it's, it's basically they're trying – the reason why they did it, in my opinion, is that they wanted to – kind of even the playing field a little bit and then give a little bit more of the advantage because if you're the first pick in the country, that means you didn't do very good the year before. You're the, the worst record, right? right? So let's give them so they can get the best player in their farm system to help get them better. And so what a lot of them, like Houston Astros, they did a great job when this came in, is they, they, you know, they got Carlos Correa, which he wasn't a guy viewed. I was in there. He wasn't a guy viewed as a top ten. He's a first-round pick, but he wasn't a top ten pick. I think they had $8 million to play with in that first pick, and uh, they took Correa for like four. And then they took Lance McCullers, high school kid that had big num- signing bonus number, got him as like the 24th pick or 25th pick or whatever. And so they got, in their eyes, two first-round picks that can help change their franchise, and, and we just saw that evident this past fall with the Astros winning it. So, And, they, and they saved a couple bucks. And they saved, yeah. They were able to get two first-round picks, you know, um, I mean – Lance is what number three starter for the Astros, and and then you got um, you know Carlos Correa, who's having a pretty don gone good <laughs> <laughs> good career, man, so yeah. far. But but Neil, you, you you said a really I think a key word here as you go through the draft uh, that is more so than in the than in the um, NFL or the NBA, and that's signability, because you have whether it's your high school player or it's your junior out of college, is teams they look at skills and everything else but they also have to look at what is this player going to require 
to sign on the bottom line and give up their eligibility. And that's a big part of the process is do you think you can sign somebody? I mean, you know, Porcello was mentioned, and he dropped like a stone in the first round in part because, you know, Boris was, you know, people knew what that price tag was, and they weren't going to pay it. And the Tigers, you know, picked him and paid it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think that he was really even scouted that much. Um, I mean, I'm sure they, they're the big guys that see him down the stretch and, and when he was you know, going to be available and they knew he was going to be available. But it wasn't like they were actively at every single one of his starts like you usually do for a first pick. I mean, everyone – like if you're you know, like Tigers this year, everyone's going to see him. I mean, I think I think uh, Al Avila's already been there. Like, you know, all the upper echelon are going to see that player. Right. And, and what about that, Derek? And, and again, we're joined by Derek Ross here. You can follow him on Twitter at Derek Ross 31, the chief, chief advisor and agent for Pivotal Sports Management. It's his silly season. This is his Christmas time, folks, where the MLB draft is going. You've got clients that are ringing the phone and you're sending emails and you're doing all that kind of stuff. So I do appreciate you carving out some time uh, to do that. But w- when we look at that, the the high school versus the college different. We've been talking about the changes in the draft and those types of things. But the age-old battle, or at least it's becoming an age-old battle now, how have you seen this Major League Baseball draft change? And and there was a great story put out by Baseball America where they, they talked about the debate bats versus arms. And they gave some of the stats of the recent World Series champions. Uh, the Chicago Cubs were one that didn't develop their right. pitchers. They went and they traded uh, traded bats and traded commodities for those pitchers where half of their lineup actually was drafted and developed in terms of batting. Bats first drafts, There, Where do you fall out? And first off, do you have more bat pitchers or do you have more pitching Well, you know, with pitchers, there's more risk. You know, there, there's more injury risk. It's just the way it is. Um, so I think the philosophy on, on taking the bat early is that they become the most expensive ones. You know, all the ones with the big contracts, if you go down through it, are, are bats. And so it uh, used to be the other way around. Like before it was like, hey, let's collect as many power arms as we can because that's a commodity. Velocity is a commodity. We can trade and get a more proven bat later. But now they're saying, well, we can get this guy. He gets in the big leagues, and he produces for us, uh, per, you know, at a high level, and then he hits arbitration. Either A, we can sign him, or B, you know, we'll – Start all over, you know what I mean? It's not, right. a, you know, a trade on whatever, you know. So it's it, because once that, if it, if he's a good player, you're gonna have to pay him. And if you can get him on the cheap early in his career, like um, th- uh, the third baseman on the top of my head for the Astros, Bregman. Yep. You know, he was in LSU like two years ago, and you know he's a quite a player, and especially in the World Series, played very well. Um, he made that he made that city a lot of money. It'll help make, you know. Uh, so Jose Altuve, they had him. You know, he's. I don't think he signed his big contract yet, has he? No. Yeah. He's going to. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And now, because they won a World Series, now they're in. You know, and they're a big market. Houston's a big market. Now they can, they'll be able to afford them. Right. Absolutely. The days of the zero point zero television rating for the Houston Astros are over now. They're there, over. There's but no just, question about it. But Derek just brought up a great point. So look at Bregman for the Astros. Two years ago, two years out of LSU, and this is part of just the nature of society and everything else is that unless you're a really diehard college baseball fan or a baseball fan oh, that goes and fouls it as opposed to saying, oh, it's 9 o'clock on a Saturday night in June, what's on TV? Oh, College World <laughs> Series, let's kind of watch a little bit from Omaha. You know, you don't hear somebody who's only two, year, two years removed from a Power 5 tremendous, tremendous history in baseball at LSU. And most people, I would think, casual observers would have no clue where he went 
to school or did, or did anything to follow him, which is just the nature of the beast um, that the NL, you know, the, the Major League Baseball, you just got to deal with it from, from a draft perspective. Right. Well, Derek, it's interesting to me because doing the talk radio circuit around here in the Detroit area and fans are talking because for the first time in a long time, the Tigers are, are sitting at the top of the draft and, and this is – you know, this is, it's not brand new ground for Tigers fans, but we haven't seen this in a long time. So the debate rages on who they should take and things like that. But it's interesting to me because I want to get your view on this because you're there. I mean, you're, you're an agent. You're in the game right now. The, the College World Series and the visibility that ESPN brings to that College World Series, which is a, now probably a, a, a third-tier television contract for the NCAA. I mean, it's, it's taken off as of late. I mean, this has become a multi-million dollar TV commitment now for ESPN. That stage that these kids have that they didn't have 10 years ago before this College World Series thing took off. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I'm doing the talk shows, the fans, what do they do? They give you the names of the guys they saw on ESPN because that's, that's all they know. You said, you know, you, they're not scouting high school baseball in, in California. They don't, they don't know who a lot of these kids are, but they know who they saw on the TV last night. Has, ha, have guys been able to take advantage of that stage? Have you noticed that? Yeah, no, no especially the college guys, like you mentioned, the College World Series. is In the draft rooms, it's on. It's on. So, like, we're, if we're putting the board together, those games are on. The regionals are on. Everything it's it's on. Like so, this weekend's the regionals, and um, all that stuff's going to be on um, in the draft room. So they're watching. They're, they didn't ju- just talked about you on the board, and then all of a sudden, you know, oh, there he is. He's hitting right now. You know, some guy from TCU or something like that, or whatever, Louisville. Um, so it definitely has. Um, I know guys that sometimes you can't make a game, uh, and you can you can go back now like ESPN three. And watch the game if you you buy the five dollar a month package or right. whatever it is, and you can watch the game. So you can at least see you know, because the main reason, especially at this time, you're going to regionals and college world series. Yeah, you want to monitor the draft boards are coming to completion by the end of the by the end of this week. Um, is just to make sure guys aren't getting hurt. Um, I know one example I can tell you was uh, was Kyle Gibson. He was at uh, University of Missouri, and Kyle's a, in the ro- rotation with the Minnesota Twins. It was. You know, he was still a first-round pick, but all of a sudden that, that 92 to 94 mile-per-hour fastball was like 84, 85, and he pitched a complete game pitching off his changeup. But all of a sudden red flags were up because it's hard to tell. You know, you're looking, ah, maybe the, the, the velocity's down. But now you're monitoring, okay, we think he's hurt. That's raised a red flag. Now we got to investigate this because we're, we were talking about taking this guy like 10th in the country. Right. Give me give me a real world impact because we're here on the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Straight Cash Pod. This is episode number eleven. My name is Neil Rule. He is Cam Evans. Derek Ross joining us here, Chief Advisor and Agent for Pivotal Sports Management. Follow him on Twitter at Derek Ross thirty one. But Derek, give me give me a real life impact because we, we like to do this. Your best guesstimate because obviously you don't know the dollars and the the exact dollars and cents behind it. What? What, what's the biggest example that you've seen of a – give me a, a fixed dollar amount that a guy has improved his his stock in a, in a college World Series. Because I'm just trying to relate this to all the fans where they can say, hey, I'm watching this right now. So what, what, what can a guy stand to make by having a, a breakout college World Series performance that's on TV? Well, really, when you talk about the with the sliding system, true leverage is getting up the board a few notches. So, for example, let's say – I mean – Obviously, Casey Mize can't go any further, but let's just say example, there's, there's a, a pitcher and he just has a, a, just an outstanding performance on the mound in, in a big-time college World Series game. Everyone's watching it. He's on the biggest stage of his college career, and he's doing it. 
they, they're going to look at the board and say, hey, you know, man, we might bring this guy up a few slots. Bump him a few slots. Which is the leverage because each slot, because they have the member, they have the recommended slot, could be a, a half a million to a million dollar uh, swing. It's big time money, Cam. Provided he's not a senior. <laughs> <laughs> then it might be a half million, million dollar swing in favor of the house. Uh, yeah. Right, right, <laughs> right. Exactly. But we are talking about uh, – the Major League Baseball draft coming up June 4th through the 6th in Secaucus, New Jersey. So two things will be going on there. They'll be doing NBA replays, and they'll be doing the Major League Baseball draft. Uh, take us through that that experience for you, Derek, in, in terms of being an agent with Pivotal Sports Management. Take us inside, man. Take us take us through June 4th. How's this going to work for you? Uh, well, you know, it's really you're, – you're, you almost become a um, pseudo-psychologist because uh, of, of families, players. It's a very high, anxious time for them, for the, for the families. Um, you know, organizationally, they're trying to dot their I's, cross their T's. Uh, so there's, there might be some quick text message or emails, but the, the conversation is really just trying to keep the families somewhat calm. Hey, let's just, you know – Enjoy the moment. That's not we. You know, there's nothing. I go the one thing. There's one quote that I have is there's one guarantee about the MLB draft. Nothing's there, guaranteed. Exactly. <laughs> there's no guarantee. I mean, it's just. It's, and so what happens is the expectation becomes so high, and you you got to just you got to be the calm voice in the room, and, and just let allow them to you know go through it because sometimes it can be very painful for for someone that maybe is projected to go in a certain round and they sl- and they fall, or it can be a really sense of elation if they get taken before they, you know, thought they were. Yeah, is, is, it, is it a lot of that? Is it, hey, the, the hay's in the barn, you know the work, they have yeah. the tape, we, we've seen you produce. It, it's just almost a, a massaging of the ego a little bit. Exactly, yeah. And from organizationally being, being in, the, uh, in the draft rooms, what, what's going on is now the scouts are calling the players and the families and they're saying, hey, they might be two rounds away. Hey, um, this is what we're looking at money-wise for you. Is this something that, that you're, you're good with? And what we advise is like, they're going to be so prepared they can answer that question because you want to be on the spot because if I'm making that phone call as a scout to, to a player, there's seven other phone calls going around. And so it's really going to depend on where you're slotted in the eyes of the, um, you know, of the organization. So because there's been plenty of times on, on that side of it where we got our pocket picked. We're going, to, we're going to select this guy from Kent State or whatever. And the pick right before us, boom. Like I remember – it was funny. It was um, when I was with the Indians. It turned out they got the right guy, but um, there was a, a, a first baseman outfielder from Ohio University. He got to the big leagues. Just can't think of his name off the top of my head. And then a, a, a second baseman by the name of Jason Kipnis. The Diamondbacks took the Kraus, Mark Kraus, is his name, Mark mm-hmm. Kraus. And you know, being with the Indians, they got Jason Kipnis. So. Worked out pretty well. For exactly, them, it does, and and and, and this is something this fine line because he's you know Derek's you know title with the uh, pivotal sports manager. And the first thing is chief advisor. Mm-hmm. Is that obviously high school kids, and anybody has eligibility left in college, they can't have a agent out there negotiating, right. you know, with the teams. Um, you have an advisor to advise you and advise the family give you, give that you advice. when yeah. the team calls you. <laughs> And right. here is the end and, and, and everything else. And that's, um, and that's one of those things, though, that, that, that if you look at it from the standpoint of, you know, who has the most leverage and what, you know, advantage do you have, obviously the team's got greater advantages because you have certain people that are involved in this draft, players, who can get taken very high, and they can't have 
uh, a certain type of representation in the room with them uh, without running afoul with the NCAA regs, which you never, ever, ever want to do because it potentially takes your leverage away and takes away the kid's opportunity to go and have the experience at college to get the education and everything that's so, you know, that goes along with those three to four years. Um, so it's 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 a fine line, and um, but it's one that's really important for everybody out there in the listening audience uh, to understand. Absolutely. Well, Derek, again, I, I can't believe – I actually can't believe you're sitting here with uh, <laughs> with everything that's your biggest week of your year definitely coming up. But certainly do appreciate you uh, checking in. It's been a blast, and I'd like to keep you in the loop, man, keep you on, keep you on retainer. Is that cool? Awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Great time. Cam, appreciate your time as always. He is Derek Rose. Follow him on Twitter at – or excuse me, he is Derek Rose. You wish you were Derek Rose. He is Derek Ross <laughs> at Derek Ross 31 at least from a bank account standpoint. Uh, Chief Advisor and Agent for Pivotal Sports Management, Cam Evans as well, president of the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule. Appreciate you guys checking us out. Episode number 11 of the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Well, see you later.